Welcome back to Beards and Brews, everybody. We're going to do uh, Requiem for a Dream. Train this fucking movie. It's, it goes it downhill in the best way. This movie is all downhill. I was actually... Hey, everybody, this is the first time I've seen this movie. And uh, I have to tell you, it's weird seeing a movie go completely downhill in the second act. <laughs> like, oh, these are the people. We're introduced. Oh, God. <laughs> Just... This movie pretty much tells the story of you got four main characters. You got Harry, who was played by Jared Leto. You got his girlfriend, um, Marion. Uh, Jennifer Connelly. Oh. You've got uh, Harry's Ma, played by oh. Ellen, Ellen Burstyn. Hey, Ma. And we got Harry's best friend, uh, Tyrone, played by Marlon Wayans. In a Which rare, I... like, non-comedic uh, portrayal here. And yeah. I think he shines in this role. Absolutely. Yeah, the, everybody's at least solid. Like, there's yeah. no weak performances in the movie. I love Ma. I love her to death. I, oh, whoever, shit, yeah. I forget, who was it the plater? Uh, Ellen Burstyn. Burstein. Holy shit! The absolute most convincing arc in this entire movie. She does yeah. a really good job. With it. She, man, what a uh, just a wonderful performance. I loved watching her. I can't, I don't want to say arc again because it was really just a plummet. Yeah, I, I can honestly say that by the end of her storyline. I was, like, identifying with my mother who's currently in, like, you know, a fucking retirement home type deal. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking depressing. I would actually call it an arc because there is a brief period of time where she is on an uptick. You know, she gets the call. Uh, she's going to be on television. She's uh, she's waiting for the paperwork. You know, she's going to be on a game show. Ma'am, yeah, can but... you walk? I'm walking across the stage. <laughs> Oh no! But it's it, she, like she does have the uptick, but that's it. It's yeah. almost like you're in a plane and you go straight up, stall, and just crash right to the ground. They all have their moment of just like in the sun, and it's literally like it, it has the big caption: "Boom!" says summer, and for that summer, that one fucking summer, everything is right where it needs to be. Everything is flawless. They're all yeah on a fucking roller coaster to the top, and then like Ooh. all. I see what you did there, because they live next to Coney Island. Yeah, the, the cyclone. The old dirty Ferris wheel with its whole grown-up grassy stuff. <laughs> I think all Ferris wheels are gross. Yeah, it's full of semens. <laughs> what, they're next to the shore. Sailors like those things. Y'all are fucked up. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of fingers being pointed here. <laughs> yeah. How we're introduced to Harry is uh, he actually goes to his ma's apartment and he wants to borrow her television because he wants to sell her television, but only for a little bit. You'll get it back in a couple of hours. Come on, I mean, ma. like, get it right back. I was so confused, but also accepting of this kind of scene because, to my knowledge, this is just how Jared Leto is every day. He just goes to his mom's place to rough her up for her shit so he can pawn it. <laughs> Give me my stuff, Ma. Give me my stuff. Why you got a chain on here? You want me to break this? It's not for you, Harry. It's for the robbers. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a chain on her television. So this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, poor Ma. It's, you know... You can see that the mother loves the son. She wants the best right. for him. She doesn't want to outright give him the money. 
to supply his drug habit. So he pawns her shit. She loves him, but she's scared of him at the same time because she knows how he can be during these drug-fueled rants and raves. She goes in a room and locks herself in there, terrified. But she loves her son. And they do a phenomenal job making sure that you know that throughout the film. She is the first and last word out of every fucking, you know, time that she's on the screen. Every time she has, you know, screen time. It's Harry at the start. Whatever the problem is, Harry's the solution. Even though, you know, he is the problem and not the solution. Now, here's a question. Did she actually know about his drug abuse? Because later on in the movie... Uh, he brings up some bit about pills, and she's like, well, how do you know all this stuff about these pills, young man? There's no way she can. Yeah, I like, think maybe it's a denial thing, and she would never, ever, ever bring it up to him, because mm-hmm. that would break her heart, admitting that he is a junkie. Oh, that means knew, he'll just steal back the TV she, he just gave her? Yeah, yeah, she knew just where to go to get the TV back, you know, the, the shitty, shady pawn guy. And even he was like, you know... You should probably get him some help. Uh, call the cops on him. Have the cops talk to him. You know, it's not going to stop. Whoop the fuck. Your mother needs you like a moose needs a hat rack. It's fucking so good. Jesus. But the movie really starts off with this awkward feeling. This feeling of something's always just about to happen. And this is really exacerbated, I guess, by like these really unique camera angles. Did you all notice this? Like yes. every every camera angle that you see is like kind of askew to something or like at an angle that you normally don't really see. Nothing is direct. It's always like fish-eyed or uh, I don't know, just feels really off and unsettling. Did they have- it's uh, not POV, but where, you know, like Fear Factor or Scare Tactics or one of those fucking shows where the camera that's pointing directly at their face, you get a lot of that sh- uh, shaky cam mm-hmm. on an arm right in front of them while they're doing these things. Like whenever they're pushing the TV down, you know, Coney Island. I feel like it, it had to have been there to set up some kind of distance within the non-distance. Because even with characters laying right next to each other, it was filmed in multicam. And the distance between the characters was never really shown. Yeah, they could have been never in the same scene together. They couldn't even be in the same room the way yeah, it was shot. Yeah, this could be this could be two separate occasions from like, you know, two separate days, who knows. Yeah. But, you know, it they've got that little moment to where they're smack junkies, they get high, they have the fiend persona to the T because these guys immediately have delusions of grandeur. They want to be the big time dealers. That's their dream, you know? Get a piece and sell it off. Then we'll be set. Buy it, cut it, sell it, repeat, then retire. Yeah. Yep. All over a summer, too. Right. They kind of hit a hot streak, though. You know? They For do. A little bit, yeah. They're able to keep it together, and they're getting their fucking drugs. They're cutting the drugs. They're selling the drugs. But they make the biggest mistake that, you know, any dealer on the street would tell you. You don't get high on your own supply, and these dudes are dipping. And every time they have just, like, a small amount left, there's always that weird conversation, like, do we just go ahead and just, you know, shoot up now, or do we, like, wait till later to actually sell it? Yeah, well, look, it's just business. You gotta taste it. You gotta know what you're selling, so you know how to cut it. Just business. (laughs) Thanks, Wayne. You're welcome. (laughs) Juice it up! Juice it up! Juice it! Juice it! Tabby juice! Now, we failed to mention that this movie opens up 
with Shooter McGavin on a non-stop 24-7 infomercial of how he changed his life in three easy steps. No more red meat. I don't know what the other two are. <laughs> I don't remember what he's talking about. I just remember, we got a winner, and juice it. Just about Harry. Just about Harry. Oh, Harry got juice. Harry got juice. Yeah, fucking weird. Yeah, he eats pieces of shit for breakfast. <laughs> That's the real diet plan. <laughs> oh, but, you know, they're they're out there, they're doing the drug thing, uh, they're selling it. There's a really fucking funky scene of them high and, you know, Junkie Leto is sitting there <laughs> having this hallucination about playing fucking hot potato with a cop's gun until the cop slips and falls on his butt, which snaps Jared, you know, Leto back to fucking reality. And he's like, huh? <laughs> Just fucking drugged out of his mind eating a hot dog. Yeah, they caught me off guard. I was like, no way this is real. It's kind of, it's just one of those things where it's just so ridiculous, I didn't quite understand why it happened. Well, there's a lot of stuff that will make you go, what? Like, whenever Jennifer Connelly's character gets introduced, uh, you know, they're like, oh, yay, and it's kind of cute and very romantic, and they get into some super tall building by pushing the button. He's like, what's the password? And the guy, and he just fucking, you know, it works for him, but it doesn't work for Ash from evil dead. (laughs) (laughs) And what they just go up to the roof and hang out for a while and get high. Yep. And then they pull the fire alarm and the guy doesn't notice him as he walks right by them. Oh yeah, he pulled like this, like the most video gamey stealth move, and just like hide next to the door frame. Yeah, the guy didn't even like blimp whenever she walked. In. <laughs> you know, like even on Metal Gear, they you would have blimped. They would have known you would have <laughs> immediately. You would have I just blimp. Yeah. Little exclamation point. Little exclamation point. Oh, all right. I just didn't understand that this is what they thought was fun. I mean, I get it. Like. <laughs> That's kind of the same things that I would have done when I was, you know, 17 in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, but they're supposed to be, like, grown as fuck because she's talking about opening up an art store. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. There's a little bit of uh, arrested development going on. Next up on the block, uh, Ma gets a letter. A big old manila envelope. Well, actually, first she gets a phone call. Oh, that's like, right, uh, that's right. She think- thinks it's a telemarketer. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, forever ago, she had submitted some form of application to a game show contestant kind of pool or whatever, and they would just kind of, like, yank people at random around the country so they could be on whatever TV show. They were just letting them know, hey, you know, you've been accepted, and, you know, pretty soon we're going to give you another call, and we're going to get you on television. Yeah, Yeah, just uh, look for something in the mail, we'll send you some information, you send it back, you're going to be on television. Now, this is her entire arc. Now that she has something to look forward to, her fucking life is aces. Everything's going good. And to her, it's the waiting. She can't handle the waiting. Yeah, like every every 30 seconds to a minute in the movie, I feel like you see her checking the mailbox. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I always get that little disappointed <laughs> noise when really nothing's there. <laughs> oh, and this whole time she's like, she's having these flashbacks to when um, Jared Leto graduated and everything and she wore this fancy red dress and she can no longer wear it because she had grown older and gained some weight. So she winds up like getting hold of her friends friends and you know, quotes and it was like, hey, I know this doctor 
They have a great diet plan. All you have to do is take these pills and you'll never be hungry again. And she don't want to do that. She's like, no, nah, I, I can do it my way. My way or the highway. And she eats grapefruits and drinks tea. And it's not... The way they shot that was really fun, though. They have, like, the grapefruit sitting there. and They had the boiled egg sitting there. Her stomach's grumbling. She looks at it, and it just makes that noise. The and just it's gone. She's staring at it, and then she looks at the egg, and it's gone. You're like, what the fuck? Like she just absorbed it with her brain. And she <laughs> stares back at the fridge, and it's almost introducing the refrigerator as a character. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is because every once in a while you'll just hear like that little bit of dialogue, the little hum click on from that refrigerator, and it's almost like a, a temptation. Yes, it's like the temptation, and then later it's the hunger coming after her, and you know, she can't escape it. And I think that's really fucking cool how they did that. Yeah, it's almost like uh, very early in the movie, they set it up as some kind of like psychological thing where it turns into like later on in the movie, almost like a monster. Right. It's a mimic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she literally has a, you know, delusion where it eats her. Well, I mean, it's, you know. It's pretty good. So, she's got her friends, and they got to get ready, you know, because she's the, the cock of the walk now. So, they dye her hair. And the cock this, of the walk. This scene, like, again, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and throw my mom in here. I've seen her do this. She tried to dye her hair black one time, and it was like this weird blue-brown. It mm -hmm. looked awful. And she was like, is this black? I was like, black-ish. <laughs> she was like, I think it's blue. But to the same thing, you know, she's trying to dye her hair red, and it comes out orange. And she goes, her friend's like, oh, that's a red. She goes, well, explain to me this. If this is a red, what's orange? <laughs> what's orange? <laughs> it's so sincere. Yeah, she does an amazing job. To be honest with you, I don't think I would enjoy the movie half as much without her in it. Oh, I totally oh, agree. Yeah. Because uh, Jared Leto is just totally a turd. Oh my god, yeah. Definitely the most heart-wrenching part of this. Yeah, we get uh, some pill-popping with the mama. We get some cuddle-sweet talk with Jared Leto and Jennifer Connelly, where she explains that you know her family's got a lot of money. She came for money, and she's not looking for money. She's looking for love. And then she does some coke and shows us her pubes. Yep. I guess that's the only way you can get high is to shoot up while you're bottomless in front of your mirror. I mean, it worked for Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Goodbye, <laughs> This movie does a lot of cutting to like, uh, one second, literally one second, you'll be at one scene with Marion, and then the next second you'll be back to Ma, and then the next second you'll be back to Harry, uh, just showing like exactly where they are in the whole arc. Yeah, I feel I feel like this movie does a really good job of time management it's almost like while you're in one subplot let's say jared leto and jeffrey Connolly, everything else is paused and then you go back to ma and then you catch up to where they are in time then everything else is paused so that way there's no like disjointed nature it's a very well constructed movie so now that the junkies and ma both have goals you know one wants to be a tv star and the other one wants to be the junkie dealer that lives on easy street uh He's got to get 30 seconds from Mars high and start selling this shit. What? 
It uh, only took us uh, 20 minutes to get to that joke. I like it. Oh, 30 seconds to Mars, his band. Okay. Yeah, you know. He does music. Or was his band, but he had to Jared let go of it. Oh. Are they not a thing anymore? Fuck if I know. I don't know. I've seen him twice, actually, for whatever reason. Seen those guys live <laughs> twice. You just happen to stumble upon a, a performance? No, it's just they opened up for a band that I was seeing uh, at one point, and then I went with a girl to another one of their performances, like just them. So, you know, it things happen. You know, that's all I'm saying. Fair enough. But yeah, Ma finally takes the advice of one of her, her old uh, friends and goes to a doctor to try and get some diet pills, try and get mm -hmm. her to drop some weight. And can I just stress how absolutely indifferent this doctor is? Like, oh, he yeah. never even makes eye contact or looks at her. He just, like, comes in with his little clipboard, yep, this is what you need, I got you, get this filled, see you later next week, okay, bye. Slam. And so begins the pill popping and drug shooting to where we get the really cool uh, snatch esque drug bits. Or the, I think the we already had the snatch esque up there with Marion's pubes. <laughs> Made me. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, like every time someone shoots up or takes a pill or whatever, just kind of like hyper cuts around with these like jump cuts and all that stuff. It's very visceral, very... My favorite thing is when Harry and Tyrone get high together and they just start, like, fucking grooving. They're, like, dancing in the living room, playing some music or something. And then, yeah. and then he just freezes, and he raises his hand, and he drops it right with the beat, the boom, ba-da-bam, boom. Yeah, that's a fucking cool scene. By the but, way, um... the soundtrack and the score, the score on this uh, is incredible. There's a um, running theme to this movie that I swear I've heard somewhere before. It's like that little classical piece of music. It's kinda the like... theme to the two towers. Literally the, the theme to the two towers. Really? Yeah. Excuse me, I just looked around my room. What the fuck? It works. That's all that matters. It just, it seems so familiar. I'm just like, is this like one of those like royalty-free pieces of music that I hear all the time or something like that? Like, I, I know it has been in other things, but I think it's most well-known for this and being the theme to the two towers. Uh, Might have been like re uh, reimagined or something for it, but yeah, it's the same piece. Yeah, it's almost like that song that keeps popping up. It's from the Matrix, something like that. Ah, whatever. So they need seed money. So Jennifer Connelly has to get all dolled up to go see her ex Arnold. You know, they don't say that she has sex with him, but she does get the seed money, and later on, she does have sex with him so maybe no, she no no she was predisposed that evening ah yes yes uh, that's how you get out of it just by being a weasel so Ma at the same time is at home starving and she sees this fucking bomb ass burger sitting on the mantle she developed <laughs> x-ray vision looking inside of her fridge and she's like I can't do this I just need to go lay the fuck down so she's like laying in bed and she's looking up and she starts seeing these hallucinations of desserts that Elon Musk sent into orbit. Now you have the space muffin, the moon pie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my shit. Did anyone else catch that whenever she talked to that doctor, though, he was like, how's your hearing and vision? She, her answer was just, I have both. I got them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good answer. At this point, you got uh, Tyrone and Harry. They start making money. They're... Uh, Cutting shit up over and over, rinse and repeat. 
You got Marion, who's making moves toward opening up her shop. Uh, things are looking up. Yeah, everything's uh, looking to come up Millhouse. One, two, three, four, just like that. That's her pill regime. Yep. Ma's got herself some diet pills. She's losing some weight, feeling good about herself. She even has herself a celebratory sandwich and does uh, does a little conga in her living room. She's feeling that good. An onion and cream cheese bagel. Delicious. That sounds delicious. I was like, fuck is that? And then she's just straight tweaking on fucking diet pills. I am absolutely surprised how much money you can make just by loitering at some disgusting carny places. Fifteen bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, owe. Oh, damn. Dang. We got the silent fucking uh, shit. Silence <laughs> of the Lamb reference. Then we got the fucking Jay and Silent Bob reference. We need clerks, too, on this bitch. Damn. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> that was also, you know, my next thing on my notes is blunt montage. Because... <laughs> yeah. You get the Wayans character, uh, Tyrone. Blunt man. Just and chronic. <laughs> his woman is like, hey, why don't you come back in here? He goes, nah, baby, I'm grooving with these new mirrors. <laughs> that, 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 made, that made scene. me laugh out loud. Yeah. It's like, come back to bed. Oh, we got plenty of time for that, girl. I'm playing with these new mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> She's in outer space somewhere. Yeah. Well, they're, they're a hell of a drug. drug. It's like seeing you know his mom and shit which is kind of cool because it adds a little bit of depth to his character but it does come out of nowhere yeah it's kind of shoehorned in there while he's like i can see me i can't see me hey that's me wait a minute now did you guys like that whenever the mom was on pills everything was literally in fast forward the sound effects everything's like and then whenever her pill was starting to wear off it was like and she'd start grinding her teeth all crazy. Yeah, I did notice in the soundtrack that fucking clicking noise. And when yeah. Jared Leto comes back to meet his mom and give her that new TV, he points it out and's like, "Oh, that's what that was. I thought it was had something to do with like time or whatever, but now it's even more gross." Then it even gives you like another cut of you know the Tyrone character having sex with his woman, and it's like artful spooning. It almost looks like something that would be painted on a chapel ceiling. <laughs> Yeah, I'll paint your ceilings, but I'm going to put a bunch of dicks in it. Uh, <laughs> paint it white. Look, my contrast says there's going to be at least, at least six baby dicks up there. Right? <laughs> you did what? 30 goddamn dicks. <laughs> so we go back to Ma watching fucking Juice World, And uh, she's trying to fall asleep. She can't fall asleep. But she can't keep her eyes open either. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many winners. We got a winner. Yeah, and she's... just rinse and repeat with her again. She pops a pill. She checks her mailbox. She gets sad. Oh, but she there's checks her scale. Here, the taxi pulls up. It's her boy Harry. Yeah. Oh, Harry! She fucking immediately. The way they do this is so good. She's sitting there. She has like a blank look on her face. The taxi pulls up. He steps out. She still doesn't know who it is. Then it zooms in on his face, and then it goes back to her, and she goes click. Harry! And then, you know, rushes him in the house. She goes, Harry, you want something to eat? A little nosh, maybe, you know? A little something to nosh. A little mosh. By the way, before we get into this scene, did you all notice uh, the uh, the mailman that she always talks to? It's the guy from fucking Office Space. Nope. I guess neither one of you noticed that, but yeah, it's the Indian fella from Office Space. Oh. Speaking with to... a noticeably not Indian accent. 
Well, I mean, I just noticed how more annoyed he was, like, showing up to the apartment building every time. <laughs> when I get like, it, I'm gonna wave it in the air! <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen, lady, this is just my job. Yeah, but she's super excited to see Harry, takes him up to her apartment, uh, tells him that she's lost 25 pounds already. Good uh, on her. Harry's he's like, excited to talk to her about how uh, he's got a, a new job and, you know, he's being super successful and bought her a new TV and all this. He got her a new TV from Macy's and his new job. I thought this was fucking slick. I'm, oh, a distributor. I'm a distributor for a big importer. And you're just like, this fucking guy. I'm sort of a, a distributor for a big importer. Like, if she knows anything about what he does in his life, she knows what that means. Yeah. He's such a joker. Shut the fuck up. I got you. <laughs> Ma, I don't need a present, Harry. I just give me a baby. He's just like, what the fuck, Ma? <laughs> what the fuck, Ma? Do you want me to just take back this TV I just gave you? Yeah, but it's pretty sweet because he's like apologizing for being a bastard. Now that he's finally on this upswing, he has a moment of like, you know, hey, I'm a fucking asshole. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of good to see. But there was then- also this moment to where they're making plans and this broke my heart like they're making plans that they both know they're not going to keep for the longest time this movie had me feeling that this was going to be about how jared leto was going to screw over his mom because this movie pushes that television stuff really hard at the beginning so it's like okay she really wants to be on tv she's going to get the chance and whatever jared leto's doing is not going to let that happen did it yeah. Pull at your heartstrings a little bit? Did it, did it fake you out? Yeah, it faked me out. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, we're going a different direction. Because she lays some heavy shit on him in this little, you know, monologue bit when she's just she does. super honest. She's like, I'm lonely and I'm old. And she's like, all I got is this TV. It's a reason to smile. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's uh, he calls her out for being on, on diet pills. You want uppas? You gotta cut that shit out. That's gonna fuck you up. You know, that kind of thing. You're gonna wind up strung out. Yeah. You see super for speed, Ma? You gotta cut these pills loose, Ma. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's like, it's a reason to get up in the morning, you know? It makes mm-hmm. tomorrow all right. And that, that's sad. Yeah, that was the moment where I was just like, damn. Like, this character is elevated to a whole nother position. To where yes. she has to drop the act of, like, the mama act. And she's like, listen, kid. I'm lonely as shit, and you're not helping out. I gotta do something for me right now. So after this, Harry leaves, and all that we get is uh, another bit of dialogue from the refrigerator, that that little <laughs> click-on hum that lets us know that it's still there, and she's yep. still thinking about it. Then, you know, it shows Harry in the taxi leaving, and he's yeah. thinking about, you know, the plans they made that he knows he's not going to keep. He knows how hard he's been on her and, you know, that nothing's looking up for her. And he breaks down in the fucking taxi and just starts crying. I think Leto puts on a fucking great performance right there. He really does. And then he shoots up and everything's better. Yep. Immediately gets rid of that. Emotions. Who needs them? You guys, whether it's a broken heart or a broken leg, heroin will cure it. For some reason, I wanted you to say broken farts. I'm sorry. Uh, the next thing we know, we go to Tyrone. Uh, Tyrone is in a uh, what looks like a a limousine, and he's about to get a big promotion from his uh, from his fellow dealers. 
Yeah, his, but he's also about to get a big-ass surprise. Is the, the surprise that uh, they've got a white driver? He rolls da down the little window and he's like, Oh shit, you got a white driver? And then they're like, what? <laughs> the biggest surprise to me was, you know, they show his uh, Brody, his big connect. He's like, Brody says you've been making moves. He wants to promote you. And he starts talking, but I think he's like mute or deaf. Not yeah, mute. I think he's deaf. deaf. And so he's got like that, you know, weird, you it's know, like stunted thing. Yeah. And as soon as he started talking and did that, I was like, man. I got a whole new respect for this drug dealer because not only did they make a character to be you know, like this drug dealer, but I'm curious about his story and his struggle because you know, being a drug dealer with a fucking, you know, handicap of some sort, is just going to something that everyone's going to ride you for. Man, oh, for sure. For but, 30 for 30. Uh, the 30 for 30. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he can hold his own, you know, if you uh, fuck him, he'll kill you. Now, if you fuck him, he'll kill you. The guy sitting next to fucking Marlon Wayans. And he's like, I get it. <laughs> I understood that. And yeah. he wasn't the only one that got it. Yeah, somebody gets got almost immediately. And the way they do that, it's really good. Yeah, there's some kind of bust here. Uh, I don't even know who that is that's in the front seat. But they start mowing down the crew with uh, yeah. Uzis. Is that an Uzi? It, it's so weird how this was shot. Gun. Actually, I feel like there's a bit of information missing because it's like gunshot, blood spider, cut, cut, <laughs> cut. <laughs> yeah, cut, 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 then Wayans is in the street just running with a snorry cam. Oh yeah, this shot, uh, this scene is shot really interestingly. You're just so close to his face mm -hmm. uh, and it's just blood splatter all over his face. He's just running out and just like screaming. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty much immediately, like, picked up by the cops, isn't he? Yes, like, yeah. immediately. He gets arrested. Like, like, listen, man, you got blood and brains on your face. That's kind of weird. You're going to have to come with me. Rightly so. Excuse me, I thought this was America. I thought having blood and brains on your face was still legal. <laughs> it's called fast. Look it up. I have my First Amendment right. So... <laughs> You know, they're they're doing this thing and they're escalating because now it's been some time. Ma's been taking these pills, but she needs more to get high. And, and they show that really well. She'll take one, TV's not even on. Take one, TV's not on. Take one, not even on. And then she starts mixing her morning, evening, and night pills and takes those. Boom, yeah, TV comes right on. Up. You have the right combination. It's like a cheat code. Yeah. I need one of these. <laughs> red, red, blue, yellow, green? No, no, no. Green, green, blue, yellow, red. No. Now... Here's something that I caught that I don't know if you guys have seen or even noticed. Uh, in the Suicide Squad, Jared Leto is laying in the floor as the Joker, surrounded by this thing of knives, and it's a whatever scene. They, I feel like they may have taken it from this, because him and Jennifer Connelly are laying in the floor in that same exact way, surrounded by pictures in that almost shot-for-shot -shot type deal. That's probably true because Suicide Squad is not anywhere near smart. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we did this to reference this. That means we have a brain, right? Okay. And Man. I have not yet seen Suicide Squad. Probably won't for a while. We'll see. If you want, I can link you to 42 minutes of nothing but train wrecks on YouTube. It's the same thing. Oh, okay. Nah. 
Look at you guys. Actually, no, I'm, I'm way more interested in that. Link me that. Anyway, you got, uh, next thing you know, you got Marion is fiending. She's going through withdrawals, and she's, uh, she's getting angry. She's getting agitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's getting all just, like, sketchy and shaky and just all kinds of just, like... She started, actually, you know what, uh, that I noticed in the movie is that as the, it goes along, like, the dark circles around the under bits of her eyes get, like, deeper and deeper. More and more purple as well. Yeah, they they do a good job to show that, you know, she keeps saying, well, I'm not an addict, I'm not an addict. But as the movie goes on further and further and further, she becomes, you know, showing more and more and more signs of the addiction. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Tyrone is having a real hard time finding any more drugs. The money box is emptying. Uh, they're having a hard time just, just living, just being. And yeah, no more drugs are coming in. Jennifer Connelly and Jared Leto is like down to like last little hit or two or whatever. And they have this like little scuffle whether or not they should just go ahead and shoot up that night or go ahead and save it to sell tomorrow so they can make an extra buck. And by the way, Jennifer Connelly with that little like sort of metallic plum uh, lip gloss lipstick and that black choker. Mm, that is some uh, pure Y2K aesthetic going on right there. I am into it. <laughs> I think in that word for word what Keith David said. Give me that Y2K, bitch. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Eat him up like candy. God, I can't believe I saw Keith David's ass. <laughs> Good news. Prime for Christmas. They're releasing some heroin out on the streets. Bad news. Double the price. Yeah, bad news. We couldn't pre-order anything, so we had to jack up the thing. And they ain't got no seat money, so they got to get it somehow. And Jared Leto immediately brings up the fact that she could talk to Arnold. And she's like, well, getting the money's not the problem. It's what I'm going to have to do to get the money. And Jared uh, Leto, all right, do it. Yeah. Even though this entire time, he's super jealous to hear about anything that he might be doing with that guy. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, that, that fiending, he's just like, fucking do it. And so she gets all dolled up to go to this dinner with that Arnold character again. And fuck if his eating just isn't grotesque yeah it really is i think it's a little bit of um foreshadowing of what's to come because when she finally breaks down just has to like screw this guy it, I, his love making just begins pretty much how he's eating whatever is in front of him yeah and i think that that was really well shot because i you know it, it immediately lets you know her disgust and disdain for him because oh, it's just so gross for some reason, that hit me the worst. You know, just getting weird and sticky with the lawyer from Jurassic Park just fucked me over. Yeah. Ugh. You know, when you gotta go, you gotta go, though. Say what you want about Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> <laughs> but she is absolutely a clever girl. All right. Because based on smack. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they have, like, a really cool little scene of, you know, Jared Leto, and he's at home... He's trying to watch TV and just wait for her to get back, but he's like worried and sees people fucking her in his vision, so he has to get jacked out of his brain to forget about it. Yeah, he's just sitting on the couch. Like, he gets high and he's coming down, so he's not really like. I feel like he's not really happy. He's just kind of there, and then she comes in, and it's just like, I know what's, what's in his brain right now. It's just like, ugh. For some reason, like, after like that whole scene was over and she stepped into the elevator. And there's two guys in there. I, for some reason, the first thing that popped in mind, my mind was like, man, I wonder if they can smell that. No. Because she is fucking 
Great EEC. Yeah. You guys, you guys, I need a palate cleanser. I don't blame you. Ugh. Ooh. That's yeah. an upper right there. Uh, alcohol is actually a downer, by the way. It is a depressant. And that's that why I love it. <laughs> so the beer this week is its a collaboration beer between Dogfish Head and Rodenbach called Vibrant Potion. P apostrophe Ocean. I don't know. That sounds like some French shit to me or Belgian or something. It's a sour brewed with elderberry, elderflower, and fleur de sel. The fuck is that? It's pea ocean. Drink it. It's really big in France. I don't I don't really know a whole lot about it, but yeah, it's brewed with salt. Uh, you can really taste the, the floral notes. There's a little bit of berry in there, a little bit of cranberry. Um, it's honestly really good. It is really good. Well then. So the next thing we know, Harry and Tyrone are looking to score at the Walgreens. I found it super odd that the super secret location was just like in the back door of like this grocery shop, like this IGA or whatever. But it's basically fucking Black Friday for junkies. <laughs> junkies just walk into this Walgreens, walk back through the double doors, stand at the loading dock, and start buying smack until one can't handle his shit and pulls out a gun and then all hell breaks loose. Oh my god, what's the name of that show where they just, like, bid on those fucking storage- Storage Wars! That's what it looked like! Ooh, good call. Yup. <laughs> I want to yeah, get some heroin. Uh, the best I can do is this Mac-10. <laughs> but in the meanwhile, we got Marion, obviously, you know, withdrawing, fiending out, tearing up the apartment, trying to find just something to give her any kind of a buzz. You see her, like, tipping up a bottle of cough medicine and trying to find any, like... I don't know anything that she's got still there. She is what? withdrawing hard. Try to find a little bit of sustenance, maybe tucked away in the couch cushion. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Walgreens event goes awry. Guns come out, and fucking the drug dealers cruise away, never to be seen again. Down to Florida. Now this is what blew my mind. These guys come up with this fucking grandiose scheme. Just because the truck said Florida oranges, that they were going to go to Florida to buy smack. Like they couldn't have drove two hours in any fucking direction and found another connect. No, they got to drive fucking 1,200 miles to Florida. It's New York City. I mean, honestly, they could drive like across the Hudson. They're finding something over there. Like, I got to agree there. Detective skills are pretty piss poor because... It was just, they followed what the side of the truck said. So the side of the truck would have just been the contents, not necessarily where it was from. Yeah. It, like, it could have said, U-Haul, Nevada. And they're like, oh, we gotta go to Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, Ma is fucking losing it. Just like getting crazy with her lipstick up there in her red dress. And you got, she's getting paranoid, slamming four pills at a time. And you got the light flickering behind her, like the fucking Demogorgon's coming. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden, people from her TV are starting to appear in her apartment and stuff like that. You got good old Shooter McGavin, just like roasting her on how bad her place looks. She's like, hey, okay, what did you expect? I'm old. I'm old. Yeah. I'm old. It's an old building. I can explain. Oh, <laughs> but it wasn't the uh, the other vision, just like the ideal version of her. Yes, and she was picking on her too, like bitch. <laughs> But you're the same person. Yeah, but bitch. <laughs> That's when it happens. The fridge is alive with the sound of music. The fridge comes ripping out the wall. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fridge gets pretty terrifying, starts coming at her almost in a threatening manner. And then you've got like a, t- a TV sto- studio is getting built up in her room. You got all the whole camera crew and everything looking at her. Yeah, and this is the TV studio or set of the TV show that she's been watching for the past like six months. And it's terrifying. It's just kind of, it's so, I don't know, it wasn't scary, it was just so weird. You know, just kind of like creepy crawly kind of weird. Because yeah. it, it comes down to those people in the audience and how they were laughing. Just like jaws wide open, not moving it, and just like laughing. Oh, and it's like the uh, music video to Black Hole Sun. Oh, no. Oh, yes. With the big... Well, the big old smiles and shit. Yeah, it's like... The 90s were a hell of a time. Now we get treated to like this really fucking nutso bit where Jerry Leto goes home, Jennifer Connelly is like freaking the fuck out. And he's like, look, you want to get some shit? Here's a number. Call it. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's the number to this guy that uh, he's a dealer, but he only sells for pussy. He doesn't yep. care about money. He's got money, but he likes pussy. Like they, he's addicted to it. Yep. They tell Jennifer Connelly their big scheme, and they fucking head out because they got some cigarettes, a full tank of gas. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Punch they already it. did that. <laughs> They're nowhere near Chicago. Man, Chandler, you're really angry tonight. <laughs> you, need, you need your fix or something? I mean, bitch, I might be. <laughs> be no need. Chandler, calm down. He's like, when am I going to be on television? <laughs> yeah, God, uh, It's almost like fucking Videodrome or some shit. It is a little bit Videodrome-esque. Uh, we end up seeing Ma running out of her apartment screaming because her fridge is running after her. <laughs> you better go catch it. <laughs> Got her. Oh. Now, this is pretty much where the movie starts to crescendo into the worst possible situation for each character. What's what's the reverse of crescendo? The uh, sin? Hold on, let me get a hold of my uh, my really music theory uh, major friends, and I'll I'll get back to you. It it's really just like the whole movie's kind of downhill, but God damn, does it now start- it really starts rolling? It's rolling downhill and fast. We're rolling, rolling, rolling. Shut so- the fuck up! That was last week or the week before. <laughs> We've done that movie. <laughs> so they fucking. They hit the road, and Jared Leto's like, dude, I gotta get high. And he pulls up his arm, and you get, like, a good look at this infected hole he's been shooting up in. And this thing oh my looks God. venom or something, you know? He's got a symbiote fucking trying to come out of his forearm. Tyrone, too. Like, both of them just look fucking like they hadn't taken care of themselves in weeks. I know, just greasy and falling apart. So gross. Nasty. At, at yeah. a certain point uh, in addiction, I guess... Hygiene really gets put on the back burner. I don't know. Yeah. So he's shooting up in his arm and he's like, uh, I'm falling apart, whatnot. And man, this is like where I had the biggest question. So he takes him to the hospital, right? And I get to the doctor's like, oh, this dude's junkie. His arm's falling off. Ew. But then the cops come and get Marlon Wayans. And I'm like, why are they even arresting him? Yeah, what kind of charges he have against him? Is it... Okay. You remember when he was arrested before? Yeah, uh, he was he was bailed out. Okay, yeah. I thought it was going to be a case of, like, DWB or something like that. 
DWB driving while black. Oh, okay. I yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's like the policemen were like super racist after whatever. It's like those darn New York people or whatever. Yeah. And so we get to see that as oh. May Marion goes to see uh, Keith David from They Live. And he opens the door and he's like, come on in. And he flops out his dick, and he's like, I know it's pretty, baby, but I didn't take it out for air. <laughs> Shit. Meanwhile, you've got Ma traveling on the subway, trying to get downtown, trying to get to the TV studio, talking to everybody. Like, you know, a crazy person talks to someone on the subway, you know? Yeah. And poor Mitch Hedberg just getting yelled at on the Metro. You know where I get off? Does this take me downtown? I have the address, but I need to know. And he's just like, this fucking lady. This scene really makes you think, like, okay, if you're on a bus or a train or subway or something, anywhere in any major city, like, you're going to encounter characters like that, and you just chalk it off to, oh, they're crazy, they have psychological problems, oh, they're a druggie. But, like, you know what, like, Has, where uh, that came from in, in yeah. this situation, and it makes you think about that. I guess so. I mean, it's either you think, hey, you know what? It could be worse. I could be sucking Keith David's dick right now. <laughs> I would rather... Fight him in a alley for 20 minutes? Don't you fucking finish that thought. <laughs> I will think so much less of you. Well, I mean, I know how it ends up with Ma. I know how it ends up with Marion. I think I'd rather take Marion's route. I mean... I mean, who ends up in the best situation here? Among everybody. Are you well, right let's, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah, so it just keeps deteriorating worse and worse, and we get a shot of Jared Leto in jail with uh, Marlon Wayans, and it's just deteriorating. They're all going out to do a work detail. Marlon Wayans has to go work. They see that Jared Leto is unfit to work and needs to go to the hospital, and this is where everything culminates and you just go shit because it's the end of the story for each character and the story is not fucking ending well yeah harry is feeling really rough his arm is fucking pulsating purple it's about to fucking rot off you know that infection is wearing through his whole body and while all this is happening mind you the other little timeline with the marion boy oh boy Let's jump right into it, fellas. So, she needs a new fix. That's she needs a new favor. Yeah, she needs a new favor. So, she has to call good old Keith David once again. But this time, no, no, this isn't a one-on-one -on -one kind of shindig. No, 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 by all means. Keith David invited all of Wall Street to his apartment. <laughs> all of them. And you walk in, and they have flashlights waving in their faces. They have techno music going in. She walks in to just, like, three other women just getting fucked. And she knows what she's in for. And they do this little bit of showing her getting fucked, but it's never like, you know, showing her body in any way. It's just her head just kind of shaking and that look on her face of just shame. Yeah, and it's just the contract. And you see this, this fucking lubed up fucking double dildo. She's been so long just showing the double dildo getting lubed. Like, so much just nasty looking lube like that is not some water-based lubricant there that is like petroleum jelly or something it looks disgusting 
Yeah, it's that's some smucker. Fucking chunky white. It's almost looked like Crisco, like just cooking yeah. oil. Dude. <laughs> this is where it gets cool in the sense of not, you know, that these people are about to go fucking ass to ass with a dildo. Ass to ass. But the fact that it's shot is amazing. So you have Marlon Wayans while the music is like peaking. Yeah. He's making pudding or something. I don't know what the fuck that is, but he's like, I mashing don't know what they're doing either. I really don't. It's cream. Which, you know, mimics sex. While that's going on, Jared Leto is getting his fucking arm cutting off. It shows the mother getting a tube forcibly shoved down her throat and fucking electroshock while Jennifer Connelly is going ass to ass. And it intermingles their facial expressions of pain, displeasure, and all these things. And it's just fucking wild. Yeah, it just keeps flashing back and forth. You'll see the electroshock. You'll see Jennifer Connelly getting in the in, in the ass or whatever. You see Jared Leto getting his arm fucking amputated. It just keeps flashing back and forth and back and forth. And you, the Lux Eterna intensifies, and it's just absolutely a crescendo here. It's the movie is just trying to gut punch you left and right, like with both oh, hooks. And it does. And, I mean, it, it tickled me. I had a good laugh. I'm sorry. This is where the movie kind of lost me. I thought this was extremely well shot. Like, I, I can get why you laughed. I laughed too. But at the same time, I appreciated what they were doing. And just, man, was it well shot. No, it's 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 great. I mean, this is not your, like, student film kind of shit. It's very well done, very well thought out. It looks spectacular, and it's presented it in a, the grossest way possible. It's absolutely what they wanted. But I feel yeah. like, up to this point... I realized this was an hour and 40 minute dare movie. Damn. Nice. Yeah. Or the truth ads or whatever they're doing now. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, at that point, I said to myself, okay, I get it. Well, I can tell you one thing. It worked. I'm not doing heroin. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Hell. I'll throw my fucking two cents in. Yeah, me either. Fuck them drugs and all that. Yeah, drugs are bad for bad people. But did you guys like how all the scenes ended with that character curling into the fetal position? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't I say I liked it. I'd say, yeah, it, it was noticeable. Like Symbolism. Yeah. What was really special and it got a tear out of me was the final hallucination of Maul. It's this happy ending where she's on the television show finally she's in her red dress she looks amazing harry's there he looks amazing and they're hugging they're happy everything's good but the reality is she's sitting there like out of her fucking gourd on hospital medications receiving electroshock therapy her friends are outside crying her son lost his arm Uh, his best friend is fucking locked up in jail and his woman's fucking out somewhere doing ass to ass to earn a little bit of smack insane it's wild I, I'll give it that. Like, the the crescendo of depression is flawless. Fantastic. But, back to what I said at the very beginning of the review, I think I cared the most about Ma. Oh, yes. Definitely. Like, I mean, Jared Leto, fuck, whatever. I don't really care. Jennifer Connelly, she got the dick into the stick, literally. Um, Marlon Wayans, whatever. It's fine. Like, he and Jared Leto, I didn't really care too much about. But, man, Ma! Holy shit. 
It's like she goes from just like, hey, I'm just trying to have something to get up for to getting like an electro lobotomy, you know? Yeah, she didn't deserve any of that. She got fucked over by the medical industry. And I think like a part of it is Jared Leto's character's fault, not the actual actor, though I do have my, you know, conspiracies. That she she turned up that way, you know? Like he grew up as like a little shit towards her the whole time and she just couldn't be happy with him. Yeah. Do they do a phenomenal job of making you like, especially if you're identifying with mom, you kind of hate Jared Leto and everyone else because you're like, fuck them, they're yes. scumbags. Yeah, so for the record, this is a very good movie. Like, Chandler, this is a really good pick. I'm glad you showed this to me. But most of these characters just turn more and more unlikable, and by the end of the movie, I'm just like, well, what'd you expect? Um, I just think uh, a lot of these characters are, I'm not going to say victims of circumstance, but their circumstances... <laughs> were definitely worsened by, I don't know, um, just chance by there not being like a, like someone there to, to check. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. A victim of circumstance? I thought you called that your pecker. Well, I know it's pretty, baby, but I didn't bring it out for air. <laughs> and that was Requiem for a Dream. I think this is a very good movie. I think for those out there, uh, please, by all means, go see it. And for those who already have, leave a comment below. Yeah, man, this is a movie that you probably want to see exactly once in your life. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, Make sure you hit that little bell icon, too, so you know next time we have another one of these coming. Make sure you follow us on all of our different social media accounts. We've got a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We've got an admin who's constantly adding new material for you guys out there. You know, we'll just have to come to your house and pawn your TV for smack. I'm going to be on television. (laughs) I'm just going to cut it with that.